There's too many times where people are putting the emphasis on healing instead of truly receiving the Lord and being saved. And then God can do whatever He wants to do. The number one thing is salvation that Jesus is interested in. Salvation. Making you whole. Delivering your life from sin. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Thanks for joining us today. Returning to Mark's gospel, Raul will give us a challenge to be more proactive about leading others to Christ, just as a paralyzed man's friends acted in fearless persistence to bring him to Jesus. Keep listening to see how their bold, selfless service led to the man's physical and spiritual restoration. Here's Raul Reese now in the Gospel of Mark. If you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 2, this evening study. This is quite a chapter when you read the Gospel of Mark, because Mark gives all of the birth of Christ, all the infancy of Christ, and he gets to it right when Jesus is already an adult. And already Jesus had started his ministry around the Sea of Galilee in Capernaum, which was his headquarters. And yet when Jesus came to the Sea of Galilee and He came to Capernaum, He came with a mission and a purpose. And right now at this particular moment here in chapter 2, He is actually coming to the house of Peter there by the seaside of the Galilee. And we'll begin in chapter 2 as you look at what He says here. He says, and again He entered Capernaum, and after some days it was heard that He was in the house. Now, it doesn't definitely tell you that this is Peter's house, but it's suggested by everyone that He came to Peter's house. Because Peter's house was in Capernaum, and it was close to the Sea of Galilee. Then immediately, many gathered together, so that there was no room or any longer any room to receive them, not even near to the door, and he preached the word to them. So when he came to the house of Peter, this is an incredible story, because when he came to the house of Peter, as soon as people heard that Jesus was in the house, they came from everywhere, and they crowded the whole house of Peter. Now, Jesus, you notice, didn't do anything weird. He saw the people, and what did he do? He preached to them the gospel, just like we talked about this morning. He began to share with them the message of the Word of God to them. Now, while he was teaching the people outside of the house, in verse 3, he says, And then they came to him, bringing to him a paralytic who was carried by four men. Now, this paralytic did not become paralyzed just overnight. Many of the commentaries declare that the reason he was a paralytic is because this man had been actually involved in sexual activity. And through some situation, eventually he got sick and he became a paralytic. Now what amazes me about this young man is that there's no possible way that he can come to Jesus on his own. I mean, he's sick, he cannot walk, 
He's on a pallet. He's laying down. But what's interesting is there were four friends that loved this guy so much that they were willing to walk down to Capernaum and carry the pallet with his young men laying on there and bring him to Jesus to see if he could touch him and heal him. When I read the story many, many years ago, I thought, what an interesting thing for each one of us as believers to be interested in bringing our friends to Jesus Christ, especially those that are sick in sin. And that's literally what sin does. Sin separates us from God. It cripples everything in our lives. And yet there were these four men that loved this friend of theirs. And they thought, man, if we can only take this guy to Jesus, maybe, maybe Jesus will touch him. What I see here between these men is the persistency of these men. The persistency that they wanted to see Jesus. No matter what it would cost them. And then look what it says in verse 4. And when they could not come near to Jesus because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. Notice that. What did they do? The next thing they did is they went up on the roof. And they said, hey look you guys, I'll go up first and then you three actually take our friend and you push him up and we'll pull him up. Or maybe by rope they pulled him up. But they were not going to go home. They were going to see Jesus one way or another. And what do they do? They begin to actually dig through the roof and make a hole big enough so that the actual pallet could be actually fitting with this guy on the pallet and bring him down right where Jesus was sitting teaching the Word of God. That I call persistency. Coming to seek after Jesus Christ. I'm not going home until Jesus sees me. Until Jesus touches me. That takes faith to do that. But at the same time, Jesus deals with wisdom. Because as they're digging or uncovering the roof where he was, notice what it says next. And so they were actually, once they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. Can you imagine sitting there? And of course it must have been noisy. Jesus is teaching, you hear on the roof, not only the digging, but actually the mud or the clay is falling down where you're speaking. And you know something's up, and of course Jesus knows what's going on. But the people were there, the Pharisees were there, the religious leader, and they're probably looking up at it, what in the world is going on? And then all of a sudden, man, there's a hole. And through this hole, they see this guy barely hanging on for his life as they're lowering him. Imagine they could have dropped him all the way through. But as he's bringing him down, here is Jesus, and they're bringing him down, and they accurately bring him down right where Jesus is sitting. And Jesus is just kind of kicking back, waiting to see what the rest of the people will do. And look what it says. This is so cool. Verse 5. And when Jesus saw their faith, you see, they saw their faith. He said to the paralytic, hey son, your sins are forgiven you. Hey, wait a minute. I didn't come here for my sins. I came here to walk. What are you talking about? Did you notice that Jesus, the Word of God, always puts the emphasis on sin before healing? We don't come just to get healed. There's too many times where people are putting the emphasis on healing 
Instead of truly receiving the Lord and being saved, and then God can do whatever He wants to do. The number one thing is salvation that Jesus is interested in. Salvation. Making you well. Making you whole. Delivering your life from sin. And so when they heard the words of Jesus and he said, your sins are forgiven you, it wasn't his friends and it wasn't the one that was paralyzed. It was the leaders of the church that spoke up. Look at verse 6. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. They were thinking, hey, who does this guy think he is? There is only one person that can forgive sin and that is God and he is not God. Notice the blindness of the scribes. In sitting in this room, talking to them, is God Himself. And yet they don't recognize it. Look what He says. They said, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Notice you're blaspheming against what you're saying. So it means that the scribes, And the Pharisees never believed that he was God. They believed he was just a good man, a teacher of the law. They're debating in their own minds. And then when Jesus heard that, in verse 8, notice, But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said unto them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Hey, what's the matter with you? Don't you realize that what I'm doing, I'm setting this young man free from his sins? He's no longer going to be a sinner. Well, he will be a sinner, but be a forgiven sinner. I am the only one that can do that. And then he really gets to them in verse 9. He says, look, which is easier to say to the paralytic? Your sins are forgiven you. Or to say, get up and take your bed and walk. Notice, now he not only tells them the first thing is what? Forgiveness of sins. But secondly, you want me to heal him too? I can do that too. I just didn't bring him here to be forgiven for his sins. But I brought him here. And his friends brought him here. And now I am going to heal him completely. He's going to walk. And isn't that true of the Lord? That whenever we come to Jesus Christ, He makes us whole. Once I could not see, but now I see. For He's the only one that can forgive sin. There is neither salvation in any other name but the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Visit us at somebodylovesyou.com or call us at 800-634-9165 for even more Bible-based resources to guide you as you follow Jesus Christ. And be sure to join Rawl on his YouTube channel every Tuesday at 10 a.m. West Coast time. Now let's get back to more of Rawl's teaching. And the Lord heals whoever He wants. He didn't have to heal this person. But the Bible says that His friends had faith in God and they were persistent and they loved this friend, and they brought them at the proper time, and Jesus met these people's needs, especially the one that was sick in sin. Which is easier for me to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, get up and take your bed 
and walk. But I want you to know one thing, he says, so that you will know. Not speaking to the leaders of Israel. But I want you, he says, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said unto the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your own house. Notice that. He commands it now. He just totally blows him out of the water. You want to know who I am? I have the authority. I am the authority. I am the Son of Man. And I have the power on earth to forgive sins. And he said to the paralytic, get up and go home. You're healed. And then verse 12, notice, and immediately he got up. He took up his bed and he went out in the presence of them all. So that all were amazed. And can you imagine how it must have been like? He picked up his little pallet and said, See you later, you guys. And he walked out. That must have been a mind blower because they were probably freaking out. And imagine not only them, imagine this man's mother and father and family when he got home walking. Man, what happened to you? Jesus touched me today. The testimony. The testimony of others. As they hear from us what Christ has done in our lives. Constantly. What He's doing every day of our lives. And you know what people will do? When they see your change. And they see you healed. Notice they glorified God. They didn't glorify anybody else but God. He deserves all the glory and all the honor. All the glory and all the honor. Saying what? They were saying we have never seen anything like this before. That's right. They had never seen anything like that before. Yet, look how gracious Jesus is. And how incredible He is. Never to draw attention to ourselves whenever we receive a healing from God. But always giving the glory back to Jesus Christ for everything that He's doing. Everything that He's doing. That's why here at Calvary Chapel or any Calvary Chapel, we will not have just one person pray for you, but we'll have the pastors pray for you. So it can be anybody laying hands on you and you can be healed. It doesn't have to be one person that is the healer. Because first of all, it's according to God's grace and God's love and God's sovereignty. And it's according to faith when you come to Jesus Christ that God divinely will touch us Because there's no power through the man. It is the power through the Holy Spirit as he touches a person. But man has the actual tendency that if something happens through a man, we have a tendency to begin to lift up that man and to give glory and honor to that man and put him in a pedestal. You see, we should never do that. The glory and the honor belongs to Jesus Christ. He's the master healer. Why do we touch people? It's a point of contact, of faith. That's all. Not that we have any power or you have any power. It is the power of the Holy Spirit when He touches people. And that's what Jesus did here. He spoke the Word. And what happened? The Word took power. And He got forgiven and He got healed. And everybody was astounded. And they glorified God saying, We never saw anything like this before. Look at verse 13 now. The fulfillment. And then Jesus went out again by the sea. So he's around the Sea of Galilee. 
And all the multitude came to him, and he taught them. And notice he's always teaching them, instructing them. And then as he passed by, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting in the tax office. Now, you notice another point that I almost forgot. Another point is that Jesus never had healing services. Okay? You notice that. He's always doing what? He's teaching the word of God. And he's preaching. And then he's healing. And now when he comes to this place, where not only he's done the healing, and the man has been healed, now the heart of Jesus is choosing his own disciples. And he doesn't go to the religious farm, where all the religious people are, where all the leaders are. What does he do? He goes into the Sea of Galilee, and he begins to choose not those that are the best to succeed, but the least to succeed. He goes to Matthew the Levi. Notice what he says to him. And then he passed by and he saw Levi, Matthew, the son of Alphaeus sitting at the tax office. Now first of all, Matthew is a tax collector. And who does he work for? He works for Rome and he works for Israel. And he is hated by the people. Tax collectors were hated at that time and probably today too. But it's important that we understand something here. That Matthew was sitting in that calling that God not only had given to him, working as a tax collector. Because many times people say, well, how does God call you into the ministry? He calls you right where you're at. Whatever your profession may be. He doesn't have to call you in the church. He called him outside of the church. He called him right where he was doing business and ripping people off. These tax collectors were terrible. What they would do is the Jews would come to pay their taxes. And they would say, okay, you got to pay your taxes. But what he was doing, once he fixed the taxes, he was actually charging 40% more so that he could become rich. And most tax collectors were rich. Because they would give their part to Rome, but they also would get their major part too. So they would always rip the people off. And the people hated them. Because they worked for Rome. But here is Jesus not going to a rip off. To one that is a thief. One that works for Rome. And is ripping people's monies away. And look what he says to him. He saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax office. And he said unto him, Hey, Matthew, Levi, follow me. That's all he said. Follow me. And he got up and he followed him. Now why is it that some people just get up and follow Christ and others will procrastinate? Well I believe that it's part of the work of the Holy Spirit in a person's life. I believe that right where you are, Jesus Christ will speak to your own hearts. But in this instance, Matthew, immediately the moment he heard the voice of Jesus... And said, follow me. He got up and he followed Jesus Christ immediately. Which means he began to count the cost of discipleship. And what is the cost of discipleship? If any man wants to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. You see, that's the call. Denying yourself, taking your cross and following Jesus Christ. Yeah, but I have a mother and a father and a brother. Hey, if anybody loves their father, brother more than me, he's not worthy of me. Jesus first. Not your wife, not your husband, not your children, not family, not anything. 
Jesus first. And that's what Matthew did. Immediately, he followed the Lord immediately. And then check this out. Notice the second thing he does. Not only does he follow him, he takes him home to his house. And he has a party. You know what he does? He invites all his sinner friends to come and hear Jesus. Hoping maybe they'll get saved. Just like I got saved. Look at verse 15. And so he arose and followed him. And now it happened, as he was dining in Levi's house, that the many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. Notice that Matthew wanted everybody to hear what he heard. So what does he do? He invites his friends to come and hear Jesus. Immediately he became an evangelist. Immediately. He wanted to evangelize his friends. Now, what's really sad is that here Matthew is trying to do the will of God, evangelism, and actually invite his friends to come to hear Jesus. But then on the other side, religion hates that. You're too pushy. You shouldn't do that. Because the scribes and the Pharisees came, and when they saw Jesus eating with tax collectors and sinners, they said to him, How is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? Man, how can he do that? Because in that culture, eating made you one with that person. You see? And they hated it. Because they were of the upper class, and they would not come down to the lower class. You see? And they said, how can we go in there and eat with those dirty people? And look at him. He's with all the dirty people. Well, that's why Jesus Christ came. To set dirty people, to make them clean. To save us. and To cleanse us and to wash us by his precious blood. We pray that today's teaching has been a challenge for you to step out in faith as a bold witness for Christ. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Roll Reese. If you'd like to hear today's lesson again, we can send you an unedited version for a donation of $5 or more. To get that, simply call 800-634-9165. And when you get in touch with us, ask for Roll's teaching from Mark chapter 2. We'd also like to equip you with Rawls' insightful book titled Victory, Overcoming Our Enemies. Drawing from his background as a Vietnam veteran, Rawl will guide you to experience God's greatness on the spiritual battlefield as you learn to call on the mighty name of Jesus. In your weakness, trials, and temptations, you can serve as a mighty warrior for the Lord with the Holy Spirit's power. Contact us today for fresh assurance from Rawls' book titled Victory, Overcoming Our Enemies. Visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 and we'll send your copy for a gift of $14 plus shipping and handling. That's 800-634-9165. Or if you'd like, you can order this resource by writing us at Somebody Loves You Radio, Post Office Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We're committed to enriching your spiritual life with the hope and truth of God's Word. We welcome your input on how we can best serve you. And don't hesitate to take advantage of all of our free resources. We've archived all of these programs so that you can download them as podcasts using Spotify or iTunes. 
You can also download our app to your iPhone or Android for convenient access to even more faith-building support. This app features an easy scripture reading plan, digital Bible studies, and much more. And don't forget to join Rawl for Straight Talk on his YouTube channel, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. We value your partnership. Your tax-deductible donations help keep us on the air and ensure that believers are instructed and churches are made even stronger witnesses for the gospel. We hope that you're enjoying this series celebrating Christ's life and ministry. Join us next time as we continue in Mark's Gospel with encouragement to trust your Savior's power to heal and restore as you submit to His full authority over your life. Here's Rawl once again with a closing thought from today's teaching. Look what Jesus says to them. Verse 17, the answer. And when Jesus heard it, He said unto them, Those who are well have no need to go to a doctor, but those who are sick... I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. What do you think he's talking about? He's saying, I did not come for those that help themselves or don't need any help. I came for those that need help. Those that are weak. Those that are sick. Those that are brokenhearted. Those that are having many problems and situations in their lives and they realize that they have sinned against God. Those are the people that I want to get. Those are the people I came for. And what did he do? He came to call sinners to repentance, to change their attitudes, to change our hearts, to change our ways for God's ways. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.